16 minutes it is uh, before 8 p.m. We go into our business wrap now. Been an eventful last few days or so in the world of business. And uh, I'm joined by Yamakwe Masilela, uh, who's a fund manager and uh, uh, chief investment officer, I should say, at Makwe Fund Managers. Makwe, who's that, bro? Sweet nose more, but for sweet nose more. Makwe, I want us maybe before we get to uh, those uh, employment numbers for the. Um, I think second quarter, um, uh, before we get to those numbers, let's uh, just briefly talk about what happened at that AGM, yes, and Nedlak today. Makwe, Kosatu coming and saying, yay, 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 we had the jobs summit, we had the investment summit, and yet we're seeing retrenchments across the board. They are disappointed uh, with uh, the kind of social compacting that has been happening uh, through the uh, mechanism of Nedlak, and I guess uh, also indicating that They've had enough, and we're probably not going to see as much of them at Nedlak as we've seen. What does this mean in light of that uh, National uh, Day of Protest that they're going to have on the 7th of October? And uh, more importantly, I mean, what does that mean for the bigger South African economy? You know, uh, I think society has to be real. When we had the job summit, everybody made a commitment, but the most important stakeholder, which is the private sector, they said they will do their utmost best not to retrench. They didn't say they're going to be a moratorium, and people were pleading and begging that, can we please have a moratorium? But the private sector didn't commit to that. They are waiting what we will do our utmost best. So meaning, uh, if things are not working out for them, meaning if they're not making profits, what do you do, Ayabonga? You check what is one of your most expensive things, and then labor happens to be one of the highest cost to most businesses, if not the number one. So it's not surprising to see uh, that the yes, Kostaki, people are continuing to retrench, even though we had that summit. So yeah, it's not nice, mm. as you're saying. And going forward, I mean, we know other people are also planning to retrench more. And the other guys, they even tell you, take Sibanya. Sibanya's situation was, you buy lonely. Mm. One of the conditions was, make sure there are no retrenchments up until a certain period. But what's interesting, that expiry period comes now in December. Immediately, when they reach that date, then they retrench. So it means they say, let's stomach this up until we finish our, our local period. So I don't think there is that real commitment from business. And for obvious reasons, if you're not making money, you just cut costs. Mm. And one of the easiest costs to cut is what? It's labor. So, Kosati, I think this is a nice wake-up call. Yeah, yeah. Let's take a look, just talking about uh, some of those jobs that have been lost there. We saw numbers coming out for the second quarter of the year uh, from uh, StatsSA, that uh, quarterly employment uh, uh, survey, QES. And, uh, yeah, and not as good a set of numbers as uh, many of us uh, would have liked, but uh, it certainly shows that our job creation uh, potential is uh, uh, quickly going to be stripped by uh, population growth uh, if we are not too careful. And especially when we check even the absorption rate, you know, it's just so small. So as much as you get people who are ready to come into the workforce, unfortunately the absorption rate is so low. So people will still stay out there even though they're qualified or they're skilled. And it talks to obvious things that, you know, hence the market, you get excited when we say the U.S. job numbers, that we call it the mother of all reports. 
not because we like to, but because a real economy is the one that continues to create jobs. Unfortunately, in our instance, we continue to lose jobs. As it indicated now, apparently 10.2 million people are working, but that's almost 2,000 less than what we used to see. So it shows that our economy is continuing to lose jobs. And some of the cases that we've seen, like take the mining sector, because of the nice platinum prices, mm. this would be short-lived. Yes. Should the fortunes reverse, then what does it mean? And that doesn't even account for the 5,002 mentioned by Lomin. It doesn't account for the jobs that's going to be lost by the likes of Axelic Metal. And I promise you, this sector, as long as they see Neil getting away with this, definitely they will follow suit and say we can also start to retrench. Hmm. Hmm. Certainly a sad state of affairs there, Marco. And I want us to pause there for a second and uh, uh, take a step back and uh, go to a quick break. But when we come back, uh, we take a look at the financial services sector. I want to hear some of your views on that uh, uh, potential action that I guess uh, might not be cancelled, but uh, in effect postponed uh, from a SASPO after that interdict that came from the courts. And uh, what we make of that in light of uh, the... uh, uh, interim results that came through there from Capitec, uh, who have told us they are signing up uh, 200,000 new clients every single month. We'll come back to that, Marque, after this brief break. Seven minutes it is uh, before 8 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk uh, here with me, Ayabong Aitawe. It's our business wrap, and I'm joined uh, to uh, wrap uh, some of the big uh, business stories of the day by uh, Marque Masilela, Chief Investment Officer at Marque Fund Managers. Marque, Let's talk about Capitec. Uh, fascinating growth story there. Uh, profit reaching uh, almost 3 billion rand and uh, 12.6 million active clients. And they seem to be doing much, much better than some of the other banks uh, on the JSC's banking index. By all means, you know, out of that 12 million, around 6.8 million thereof are using the proper channel, which is the app. So meaning they've managed to move their clients to be able to use the app which in a way it gives them a way to compete with the new entrants, your likes of time bank and discovery. And hence it's not surprising that the guys, if you check everything, whether it's their credit book, whether it's their loan book, the guys manage to increase them. And the most important thing is while they manage to decrease their debt, meaning their areas which are more than three months, anyone who owes them anything more than three months, they reduce that by 11%. Very few people are able to do that. And what we also like about the Capitec, the fact that, as you said, 2.9 billion, almost 20% increase to their profit, they increase their dividends by another 20%. But what's more interesting about that, the guys have got just over 800 branches, and they said they'll be opening another 21 more branches within the next time six months, and they don't have any intentions to return anyone now or any time in the future. So it shows you that they finally they managed to still incorporate the new technology, but still be able to keep their existing clients. And we know what is that uh, the controversial debt relief law that has been that came into effect in August, mm. where if you owe and you are highly indebted, you are allowed to be given some time after two years revisiting or suspending your debt. Fortunately for Katie Tech, they've got only five percent, you know, that falls within that scope of the act. And apparently also they are the national credit uh, bill 
uh, is not going to affect their portfolio. But what's the worrisome is that, you know, when we go around into this summit, like we had the investment summit, the president, the silver Naposa, come out loud and clear, and he was correct by saying, business, you are our, our number one friend, you are not our enemy, let's work together. I think the very same emphasis should also be put on labor to say, labor, we are our number one friend, not an enemy, let's work together. Many, they both need each other, whether mm. it's business or labor. But now to put an emphasis on one and leaving out the other is not right. Why I'm mentioning that, Ayabonga, today we had our Green Bank and Med Bank, you know, that was like a slap or an egg on, on, on the workers' face, you know. People, they were striking or they intended to go on strike because of the retrenchment, because of the fourth industrial revolution. And then here you are, you introduce your new employee, which is Pepper. A Pepper is a robot, so the, apparently Pepper is one of the 59 robots that NetBank is introducing. Mm. So there's not going to be any human employee, and Pepper should be able to do an amount of work that could have been done by a lot of people. Then you go and get a former CEO of one of the big banks say robots don't go on strike. I find that very, very, very reckless. Mm. People here they are, they wanna strike because of retrenchment, stuff like that. And your former colleague introduces a robot and you tweet and say stuff like that. Yes, we know they don't go on strike, but I think we should be able to strike a balance because we are all stakeholders in this. It's not only business, labor as well. By the way, I'm the side. I'm, I'm on the side of business because I'm running a business. But at the same time, we have not to be careful with what we are saying. Don't be a reckless with statements like that. So I think labor needs to be embraced as much as business is embraced. Mm. And you know. Makwe, I mean, as you say that, uh, for me it was quite, I guess, revealing for for um, Michael Jordan to speak in that way. But uh, I, you know, I was saying to someone earlier on that uh, this is why then you get the kind of hackers who will, uh, you know, kind of put in all manner of malware into your system to try and compromise those robots. Because I think in many instances we are trying to confront the debates now that say, if you have a branch that has robots entirely and no people. Uh, should we then be taxing some of those robots? And if so, what does that mean for the scale of adoption of some of these technologies? Sure, by all means. And also what's concerning, a sector like banking, I think 90-95% of the staff there, they're very literate, meaning it's very easy for you to be able to upscale them or get to make sure that they get to know new things. Because you're talking minimum mathematics, and then even more, you've got people who've high qualifications. So I don't think it's even right for them to start saying we will look into upscaling. That should have been a parallel process as they go ahead and introduce all these things. They should have also at the same time started the process of upscaling their workers. But yes, back to Capitec, I think the guys have managed to do well and they continue to do well. And like you said, you know, into, I mean, 200,000 you know, clients. But you know what's interesting with our banking in this country? does not mean if I open an account with Capitec, it means that automatically I've closed my previous account with another bank. You'll find people having four or five accounts. And what will be more important out of those accounts is which one is your transactional account because that's where the bank will be getting the necessary fees. And so far, as much as Capitec managed to reduce their fees, 
but they managed to make good money coming from the transactional income, meaning most people continue to use Capitec as the primary bank account where they're doing most of the transactions. Mark, mm-hmm. I want us to, to shift our attention now to uh, uh, another story that I found quite interesting. And uh, there's a story in the telecom space there, uh, PIC, poised to take a stake in Liquid Telecoms. Now, Liquid Telecoms is a company owned there by Econet, which is that company that was founded by a multi-billionaire Strive Masiwa, a Zimbabwean multi-billionaire Strive Masiwa. And we also know that these are the guys who've got a massive fiber infrastructure uh, across the continent, probably the most expansive uh, fiber network. But it seems they've battled to, uh, uh, I guess, get a foothold on the South African market. Yeah. Competition is high they come here because we've got the likes of Telcom, MTN, uh, Vodacom also putting fiber. But you know what is interesting with Strive? By the way, he's one of the very few billionaires who's got a Bible on his desk. Apparently, before he goes to any meeting, he plays or he opens a Bible mm. and he's a self-made millionaire. But yes, it's interesting. At some point, they wanted to leave, but the market conditions were not clear. But as I understand it, PIC only they're gonna give a guarantee to a loan that they are getting from Deutsche Bank, but only if they leave, then they will be able to take a stake in that. And I think it's one of those kind of investment that is required in Africa. As PIC is saying that we're only not only trying to invest the Comier, we're also trying to invest in projects in Africa that helps the development of Africa and. We have to give it to, to 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 him, you know. The guys have done very well, and for them to be able to raise that kind of cash from international bank, it also shows you that even international investors that believe in them. And I think it deserves the support. And I think it translates to almost 5.6 billion rents, you know. And for PIC, I think that's nothing. Mm-hmm. Mark, we'll, we'll have to leave it there. And uh, I guess only time will tell uh, how that IPO goes. But it's quite clear that PIC has expressed a lot of interest uh, in uh, that IPO. And uh, maybe just before I let you go, if indeed uh, this IPO is successful, what is this going to mean for Liquid? And more importantly, um, their prospects of being able to successfully compete here. We saw Quese, which uh, I guess would be seen as their sister or brother company, uh, not doing as well as many people had anticipated. Uh, on the continent, uh, but uh, is there is there a chance here that they can take on some of the big giants, the likes of Vodacom and MTN? Locally, they will struggle because the guys already have their presence, but in Africa, they stand a very good chance. And as you said in our intro, they are the biggest or largest in Africa. So I see their potential and the expansion being more into Africa as compared to be like in South Africa, like Obviously, the guys already have a plus foot in the other companies, so I think they stand a good chance. I mean, and then especially if they'll be using the money for expansion. Okay, Markwe, let's leave it there, Brur. Always a pleasure catching up with you. Uh, that there's a Markwe Masilel, is the chief investment officer at Markwe Fund Managers, speaking to us uh, this evening uh, for our business wrap.